It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up, fools? Welcome back to the Hotlinks Golf Gambling Podcast here on the Outkick Bets Podcast feed. You know who it is, and I'm here with the homie Dan Z to help me break down the Open Championship 2023. I am trying to three-peat as the champion golfer of the year. I've hit the past two Open Championships, and I need this tournament like blood, Dan. I need it so bad. Yeah, I didn't want to put you on blast and say it, but uh, yeah, you, you've been running cold, we'll say. We'll be polite and say cold. That's Yeah, that, what's the non-polite way of saying that? I feel like that's pretty just straightforward. I can't. You could do ice cold. You could add adjectives to the cold. Yeah, I was, I was thinking like we could we could definitely stack on top for sure. Ice cold, you know, in the depths of the freezer, like down where the peas are with the freezer burn. Like that's kind of where you're sitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very accurate. We, uh, me and you, joke via text about how I pretty much curse all the golfers that I gamble on. For a while, it was, well, I'm just into ball strikers who can't putt. But lately, it's been putters not hitting putts, or uh, good putters not hitting putts for me. Um, yeah, it's a guy where I'm going to go back to the well with this week, but like Wyndham Clark really let us down for in that in that vein because dude's a great short game player, and he played really good at the Genesis uh, Scottish Open. Tita Green was there. He was eighth in the field, Tita Green. Um, among players who made the cut, like his approach was there, his off the tee game was there, but his around the green and putting was disastrous. And it usually isn't like he almost always gains strokes, except at the PGA Championship. He was terrible there too. Yeah, I'm actually backing a lot of guys who I'm. I, I don't know why, but for some reason I seem to be attracted to people who played really poorly at the PGA Championship because I was doing my article today on my pool picks where I'm you know kind of picking guys from different tiers, and I found myself having to explain a lot like i kept writing he got cut at the pga championship but you should ignore that like i think i wrote that four times i don't even acknowledge the pga championship my handicaps yeah i I don't really either it's not it's not the one i really paid the pay attention to and i don't i don't know that it translates that much here i'm much more interested in the masters and the u.s open as far as translating to this setup yeah uh augusta national has been a comp course or Maybe the Masters is like a comp tournament to the Open, at least here at at a Royal Liverpool, uh, because it isn't. This course isn't really your standard links course. It does have a lot of links attributes, um, but it is a little more difficult off the off the tee, which um, probably draws comparison to to TPC Sawgrass and a little bit to Memorial. Um, which I include in some of my handicaps that you'll hear in a minute. But, um, yeah, I, I I was pretty heavy into approach in my model this week, as usual, um, and from an approach shots from 200 yards out. Um, you know, it's a major, so 
it's going to be a second shot course or a second shot tournament, just like most of them are. So that's kind of what I uh, focus on mostly in my modeling. What are some of like the things that you based your betting on? Feel mostly, just, you know, just kind of how I was feeling. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it. I mean, look, by this point in the golf season, this, this, this is kind of the tough part about like handicapping golf. And it's why I give you a lot of credit for just even doing it in general. Like I, I enjoy it, but I don't want to write about it every week. And the reason why is because I feel like I would end up on a lot of the same players like week after week. Like, how do you end up coming up with new names? Like there are the guys you like that you think are really good players and you're going to generally speaking, gravitate towards them. Like, yeah, there's going to be some course fits and course history and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, like I ended up on quite a few guys that listeners have heard me talk about before. Although actually it's a little different this time. I, I guess I tried to be a little bit more variable. Oh, I'm on several of the same golfers that I usually yeah. bet. I, <laughs> I mean, mean, how can you not be? <laughs> yeah. I can always talk myself into some Hideki Matsuyama and Colin Morikawa. Although, I thought after like the last few weeks, you might not be like, like that these guys have just burned you so bad that you might finally just be like, all right, I can't, I can't keep doing this with you, sir. Yeah. But there's been recent tournaments where I'll, where I'll be like, oh, I'll switch it up. And that person's burned me as well. You know, um, I've, I've talked myself back into guys who have burned me, and we'll get into the reasons why. Um, you have one of the, the big three on your betting card, right? You've hit Rom at the Masters, um, but don't you have one of the other big three on your betting card for the for the Open? I do, and actually, if you want to talk about, like, you just – I should have actually mentioned what my real strategy was this week, which was, like, I started actually line shopping, and – it mostly came down to value for me. So Scheffler popped on one of the Connecticut servicers on Sunday at nine to one. And I snapped that up in a heartbeat. I was like, I think this is going to drop precipitously. I don't see him. I don't see it going further than nine to one at worst. I'll get, you know, I'll get value, but at best I'll get some, some closing line value, which already it seems to be the case, which is Scheffler's now seven to one in most places and has overtaken Rory. But it was right after Rory won, like the betting kind of slid to Rory, which then pushed Scheffler down a little bit. And then I think people kind of were like, whoa, Scheffler, like if he, I mean, I can't imagine Scheffler would ever get to 10 to one to win any golf tournament at this point in his career. But uh, yeah, I, I did put a, a pretty sizable bet on Scotty Scheffler to win the tournament. Uh, my strategy, similar to yours, shopping for, for line value, I got some good numbers, I think, on, on, on a lot of the golfers that I bet, especially the long shots. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to win 20 units for any outright that I bet, and then I'm going to insure them with a placement bet to win whatever I put on their outright plus a, a full unit. Um, so... Um, in the case of my favorites, I got Victor Hovland to win, and then I took him top five. I got Patrick Cantley uh, to win, and I took him top five, and I took Colin Marikawa to win, and I got him top ten. So, I hate uh, to be this guy, but I'm not on any of those guys, and sorry, but I'm happy about it. <laughs> I don't have any of your first golfers. Of course. I'm not going to say the same about Scotty Scheffler because he's number one on my model, and you know he's number one on – 
the official world golf rankings, but I'm sure I can take issue with some of the other guys that you bet. We have our head to head matchup with Rory McIlroy and John John Rahm still. Yeah, not thrilled about that, but whatever. <laughs> no, nor nor should you be. But I feel like a lot of people haven't been talking about John Rahm, so he I does w- feel like a bit of a sleeping giant this week. He does, um, and he hasn't played that bad recently. He's just you know not. He also hasn't. He also hasn't played much recently. Like I believe he skipped the most recent. Ele- he used his skip on one of the more recent elevated events. He didn't play at the Scottish Open. He hasn't played. In, obviously, he didn't play in any of the, uh, you know, the John Deers of the world. So I feel like we just. I, I think it's just sort of out of sight, out of mind a little bit on Rom. It's just that we really haven't seen a ton from him over the past month. I mean, you could tell me, but I'm pretty sure. Like, how many tournaments has he played in the last? Like, he got cut at the Travelers. Like, that was the last time we saw him, essentially, yeah. since back, the U.S. Open. Backdoor to top ten at the or a tied ten at the U.S. Open, sixteenth at the Memorial, which is a huge disappointment for him, considering he owns that tournament. But lost five strokes in the greens at Mirfield Village, fiftieth at the PGA Championship, which is. Well, Rory's on the Rom run right now because Rom had that run at the beginning of the year where he went T four, T eight, win, win, T seven, three, one. Like that was his stretch for what seven tournaments. He didn't finish outside the top eight in seven straight tournaments with three wins. Yeah. Then he, you know, had a third and, and then won the Masters. In the Arnold, and then yeah, in the API, and then won the Masters. Yeah, but exactly. 39th at the Arnold, then he WD'd, then he got a 31 at the Dell Technologies, which I think is why I was able to get a little value on him at the Masters. Like Scheffler and Rory were more pumped up then because Rom was coming off a couple of bad starts, a few bad starts really in a row. And WDs always make people wary because they're like, is he healthy? What's going on? But then, you know, he won the Masters, 15th at the Heritage, second at Mexico. But now we're in kind of a little bit of a lull, like 50th at the PGA Championship, which I've already said I'm throwing out. You know, 16th at the Memorial, 10th at the U.S. Open, but wasn't really in contention. I think he had a bad first round and kind of was never really um, never really a factor in the tournament. So, yeah, it's – I mean – I like how as, prob- I like how as golf handicappers we just choose to – ignore certain things and and i don't know drill down or buy in to, to other things like but you like, said not even, you're not going to talk about the pga championship but didn't you bet brooks kepka as well okay we can get into that in a little bit because i got things <laughs> to say about that it has nothing to do with him winning the pga yeah, championship. nothing really? okay all right cool nothing it doesn't i <laughs> swear to god um, it's not a bad, it's not a bad point to make though in your Brooks Kepka argument, is it that he uh, won probably the hardest tournament of the year? I, I, the PGA championship was the hardest, right? I mean, in terms of scoring, you mean, I mean, scoring, I mean, you're a field guy, like as you were watching it, as you're tracking your app, it was like, Oh my God, this course is, this course is tough. I just want to stick with Rom for half a beat I'm here. Sorry, but, I, was, yeah, yeah. I was literally just about to finish that, like, I know you hate this strategy where, you know, because if you bet both Rom and Scheffler, it's like, are you going to make any money, right? Because you have to put a decent bet on both of them to, to really net anything. And in that case, like, what do you have left down the board? So I, I did sprinkle Rom a little bit, like literally a, 
like a very small bet because you know DraftKings gave me one of those like odds boosts, but you could only bet ten dollars. So like I got him at sixteen hundred for ten bucks. So it's you know potential hundred and sixty dollar payout, which you know it's not chump change, but it's certainly that's less than I've spent on the other players. So it'll cover be a like, few of your other losses. It would cover a couple of losses. It would if he won, but if he won. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be, obviously it wouldn't be worst case scenario. Worst case scenario would be bricking another fucking tournament. But I I really want Wyndham Clark to win this fucking tournament. I really, really, really want Wyndham Clark to win this tournament. He actually got like a moral victory for you last week, huh? Like you've, I feel like your respect and love for Wyndham Clark has grown more in the week that he didn't make you or I any money at the Scottish Open. Like you've really taken a Wyndham Clark since. I just thought like he played week. so good. Like watching along and watching the like every every approach like every tee shot 340 350 fairway every approach shot 10 to 12 feet he just couldn't make anything. He missed. What did we figure out? I think there's a text I sent to you that was like, he missed 11 putts inside 10 feet in two rounds, including like six from inside eight feet. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, he deserved to be in that tournament, and it sucks that he didn't win it, but at the end of the day, I think the fact that he didn't finish that well probably held his odds down for this week. So I still think... He got a good week. We're like, I got Wyndham at sixty to one. I'm actually pissed. I was gonna, I had planned on betting him, but I had to wait for something to come through. And he was sixty five when I went to bed, and when I woke up, he was sixty. So I actually lost some value on Wyndham, and that's still the best number you can get on him. So people are betting him a little bit because his he went down across the board. Yeah, he's in the same ballpark as Corey Connors, Tony Finau, Tom Kim, who I like, like for this tournament. I, I like Tom Kim Young. too. But like I, I, everyone you named, I'll take Wyndham Clark over them. Like oh, I think he's sure. a better golfer than all of those guys, and and he's a better golfer than several of the players who are like just ahead of him. Even yeah, like if you look in that range, I mean, you know, Adam Scott is at the same number as Wyndham Clark. I bet Adam Scott. I like Adam Scott. I'm a fan, but like he hasn't won shit or contended to win anything. Like he doesn't have near the numbers that Clark has. You know, Corey Connors, you mentioned, like, solid player, but, like, he ain't Wyndham Clark. Finau, I'd rather take him over Max Homa. Justin Rose is 50 to 1, 10 better than, like, no, no shot. No shot. Yeah, Shane Lowry, 35 to 1. I mean, Shane Lowry won won the (laughs) Open. I'm going to be good. Well, we'll get to Lowry because he's on my card. I like him, but, I mean, all the points you just made for the other golfers still apply. I mean, Wyndham – I'm not saying for their careers or their legacy, but I mean, Wyndham Clark just won the U S open and then, uh, followed it up with another, or also had another, um, um, elevated event win this year at the, at the Wells Fargo. So. Yeah. And I wonder if that's part of it. You know, I, I think I was talking to outkick golf writer, Mark Harris, a little bit about this. And he's like, I can't bet Wyndham because like, he's not going to win two majors and it's in one year. And I was like, that's dumb. Like, no offense, Mark, but that's a dumb thing to think, right? Like, and I actually think a lot of people think that. And it's built in. Because, like, if I told you going into this year, Wyndham Clark is going to win two major... You'd be like, dude, what what fucking planet are you living on, right? And I think there's a little bit of that, like, hesitation that there's no way this guy can win two majors. Like, a guy that no one saw coming. 
not Scheffler. Like, someone's going to win two majors this year. Then you'd go like, oh, Rory, Rom, Scheffler, you know, one of those, Brooks maybe. No, it's Wyndham Clark. You'd be like, come on. Like, I do think there's a little bit of that bias that there's no way he can win a third time in five weeks. Because, again, that's Scheffler, Rom territory, Rory territory, although Rory doesn't even win that often. Um, and I think people just think he can't do it. I honestly think there's a bias that he's won everything he's going to win, and there's no way that Wyndham Clark is going to be a three-time winner in the past two months with two majors under his belt. And I, the stats disagree. They say he is a top, at least a top ten player in the world right now. Yeah, um, the narratives kind of blew up his number a little bit up to a point that provides a, a ton of value. I mean, look at these finishes. Like, bro, he was top 30 at the players, fifth at the Valspar, sixth at Putacana. Like, I get it, not major tournaments, but still, like, top 30 at the RBC Heritage, three at the Zurich Classic, tw- top 25 at Mexico Open, won the Wells Fargo, 12th at the Memorial, won the U.S. Open, 25th last week, cut at the Fujiya Championship. Oh, look, another one of those guys. <laughs> But you go look at his stats for all those tournaments, and he's gaining on the field in every category, or he's above average in every category in every one of those events except the PGA Championship, where he just had a disastrous start. Yeah, people got murdered at the PGA Championship. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm with you, uh, and I agree with a lot of the points that you made. Uh, I, Clark does well on my model. He's 16th um, on my model. And by the odds, he's down there and tied for 20th or 19th. So a little bit of uh, value on my model, at least. Um, And yeah, I agree with you that the whole idea of him just winning uh, means that he probably can't win again. Like that's, that's dumb. That's when you remove all that stuff, like you said, the stats suggest that he is a really good player. So I have no problem elite. with that. I would I would go as far as to say that Wyndham Clark at this like right now is an elite golfer. I wouldn't go that far, but I hear you. It's just the only thing is he's going to win this tournament, Jeff. He's going to win this tournament. <laughs> the only thing is like I can't put someone in an elite category until they do it for like a year or two. And could he just be having a couple of good months? Probably not. Season, like his whole season has been good, though. Like this is this goes back. He was, he's got top fifteens, top tens, top twenties all over the board. A top ten at the Phoenix Open. There's an ele- first elevated event of the year. You know, I like I. I don't know what else the guy would have to do. He's only yeah. been cut once. In the PGA Championship. the PGA Championship since <laughs> mid October. Like. The cons- like everything you want is there, and everything I wanted to see out of him last week, he did except putt. And I know he can putt, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah, uh, entering last week's tournament, he was fourth in strokes gained putting. That's what made all of his misses inside of ten feet so frustrating. And what also yeah. made it frustrating was the fact that I had him at a top twenty, and he finished one stroke outside of the top twenty, dude. I was so angry on Sunday for all of Sunday. Like I woke up at probably what one a.m. Sunday morning to watch the Scottish Open. I watched it just to have just my heart ripped out of my chest and thrown in my face. It was so brutal. But and Rory's your guy, but you never bet those guys at the top of the board. I don't. Yeah, and this is going to be a strategy or 
I'm going to have to revisit that strategy maybe here on the off season. I'm just pushing through and hoping that I can get hot here at the end of the year to get even, you know, God willing, get uh, north let's of get, zero. But I, I, I don't let's think get so. another guy. Let's get another guy out there that you think might help you get back to even. I like Victor Hovland. Um, I gave him out a 22 to one. He, uh, again, I comp to this course. Say it again. That's where he is right now. Oh, he's still at 22 to one. All right, cool. Um, so because there's like six internal out of bounds areas where they just like fence off the rough and it costs you a stroke. Um, uh, you gotta be out of bounds. It's, it's worse than that. What do you mean? It doesn't just cost you a stroke. You have to re-hit that shot. It's essentially a two-shot penalty. Like it's it's a provisional? Well, like if you hit your tee shot out of bounds, your next shot is three, and it's coming from the tee. Right. It's not like hitting it into the water where you get to go to the water, drop in front of it, so I you see. still gain the distance. You hit it out of bounds, you have to hit again. So you get a penalty stroke, and you have to hit that shot again. So it's essentially a two-shot penalty because that shot is gone. The penalty shot is gone, and now you're hitting again. So it's, it's really out of bounds is the worst thing you can do in golf. Hazard sucks, but it's not nearly as bad as out of bounds. Okay. Well, you have to be accurate off the tee because of the out of bounds. And the courses with the most balls hit in a water hazard are Mirfield, Mirfield Village, which hosts the Memorial Tournament, which Hovland just won a couple months ago. And TPC Sawgrass, which hosts the players, which he was T third at or T three at, so he's very good in getting around difficult courses with uh with hazards, um, and you know Hovland has killed it this entire season. I think he's the fifth best golfer in the world behind Scotty, um, Rom, Rory, and Brooks Kepka. He's he is fifth by the official World Golf Rankings, but Cantley's fourth. Uh, and he's a very good ma- he's a very good major player. He's got three top tens in the last four majors, including two top fives and a top twenty at the U.S. Open. So he's, I love Victor Hovland, and I, I actually am shocked at myself that I didn't get on him this week. It just, it's it's his range that there's just a couple other guys that I'm a little bit more drawn to. But I, I root for Victor, and I if if that's the guy who wins, I'm going to be pissed because it, it means I brick the tournament. Um, but I'll be happy for you and happy for him. There are some of your guys that I'm going to be pissed, sorry, if they win, but I will be very happy for you if Victor Hovland is the one who uh, cashes your ticket. Well, I can't wait to get to those guys because I hate talking to you about golfers that I'm on and that you hate because you just, you go in on them and it's like, <laughs> God damn it. Especially when they're I, losing and it's just like, yeah. I, I'm mad at them too. Can we take it easy? <laughs> But I will not give you shit for Hovland because I, I do like Victor a lot. I think he's got a good attitude. He's in that like friend group with like the Fowler. Like it's he's one of them young guys. Like I, don't, I have nothing bad to say. And I like him. I just like I can't bet everybody. Right. Like that's the trouble with golf. Like it's easy in sports where it's just like there's two teams. You pick one of them. Golf is so hard. Like at what point do I stop picking guys to bet on? And that's kind of where I was like, I would love to bet Victor Hovland. I would. And maybe I'll work him into like one of my pool entries. But again, he's in a tier in my pool specifically. And I do mine a little bit differently than other people um, with just other guys that I really like. And 
I'll 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 just use that to to kind of transition to a couple of those guys. Real quick, I love your pool. Like all of my picks fit in perfectly. Like I was able to get every one of them. I just got to like the deep, deep uh, long shot where I was like, all right, uh, uh, Tom Hoagie, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, not to do a super deep dive into my pool, but and if if you have listeners who want in, hit me up on Twitter. I'll I'll send you a no. I don't care. You pay me, you you get in. Um. But and I wrote about this in my open pool, which is like most break it down into tiers of ten. And I I don't it's not terrible, but what I don't like is like the top tier being ten golfers. Because everyone picks Scheffler, McElroy, Rom, maybe Kepka, maybe Cam Smith. Like there's five players who might get picked. The other five golfers at that point become Hovland, Shoffley, ha- like no one's picking them over those five. Like no one. You've taken them out of play. So what I do is I actually separate that group of guys, and I probably should have put Kepka in that group, but I didn't. So I think Kepka is going to be popular. But you know, I took Scheffler, McElroy, Rom, and Cam Smith, and put them in their own small tier. It was like you got to pick one of these guys, and then we'll we'll keep going. Um, and then I did two picks from that second group because I think there are a lot of people. I think there'll be still will be quite a bit of um, variety amongst the picks because that's where you get into your your Fowlers, your Hovlands, your Shoffleys, your Cantleys, like guys I think will be popular. Although Cantley's never really all that popular, probably because he never plays well in majors. But um, yeah, the guy in that group and kind of the reason I'm not really on Hovland is I just can't bail out on Ricky Fowler now. He's already cashed a big ticket for me. He teased me, tickled the balls at the U.S. Open. I just I cannot have him win this tournament and me not have money on him. And I got him at 25 to 1, which quite honestly, I think is a really good number for Ricky Fowler. Like and and I did this in my write-up, which is if you look at like Scheffler's the 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 peak of consistency, right? Like he's finished the last time he finished outside the top 12 in a golf tournament was October. He has what eight, seven or eight straight top 5s, seven straight top 5s. Without winning, which is also kind of crazy that he would finish in the top five. But then you look at Fowler, and he's kind of in a similar vein where he has 12 top 20 finishes in his past 15 tournaments. And he just faded a little bit last week. Like, he was playing pretty well at the Scottish Open, just had a bad Sunday because he was kind of, like, not in it. Like, he didn't really have a chance to win it. And it's like, hey, the Open's next week. That felt more like a – see how easy it is to just talk yourself out of shit that you don't want to – like, ah, Fowler had a bad last round, but, you know, he didn't care. He was he was looking forward to the Open. But he's been inc- incredibly consistent, and where his game is right now, like you said, you got to be accurate. I think you talk about, like, creative golfers. Fowler's a very creative golfer. I think that's going to help him here. I like Ricky a lot, and so he's kind of the guy that I, I'm in at that range, kind of that 20 to 21 range. I'm on Fowler over Hovland. Um, both okay, uh, okay, state alums. Uh, I have nothing yes. bad to say about Fowler at all. Uh, dude's nasty. He's having a great season. Wish you the best of luck. He's one of those guys that I want to put on my card, but I pretty much have the same analysis for Hovland or for picking Hovland over Fowler as you do with Fowler over Hovland. So that's well said. I agree with you there. The next guy on my card is Patrick Cantley, who no one likes. So I guess that's kind of good. Uh, although I guess it also doesn't even matter, but um, he's first in my key stat model over the seventy over seventy five rounds, second over thirty six, and third over the last twenty four. He's 
first and par fours from 450 to 500 yards or six of those at river uh royal liverpool excuse me second par five scoring fourth and birdie average um you know i i think the uh flatness of of royal royal liverpool um is gonna is gonna mean that the the winds are gonna whip through that course pretty good and he's six in total strokes gained uh windy courses an elite putter he really doesn't suck at anything it's just a matter of putting it all together during one of the majors and he hasn't gotten close to doing that um I think someone on the Ringer Golf Podcast was saying he's the only golfer to be in the top 15 of the last five majors, and he's been five strokes behind the leader entering the final round every one of those. So he's always played well and has never contended. <laughs> I'm hope I'm obviously hoping that changes here because, again, I do have him to win at plus 2,500, um, which is where I got him at DraftKings and a top five to to cover my bet plus a, a unit. So that's where I'm on Patrick Cantley. Hopefully he comes through. Just the price between how he did on my model is too good to pass up. And again, it does something for me that no one else is on him, right? Or no one is seemingly uh, going to bet him. So that's uh, that's the analysis for my third pick or second pick. My third pick is, is Colin Marikawa. Uh, you know what? Which is, I'm going to be – I'm going to – Yeah. You're going to like me this week because I'm a Patrick Cantlay fan. I bet him all the time. He screwed me so many times. And like you said, I I would have said just sort of uh, anecdotally that I thought he never contended because I bet him and he's never – I've never been like, ooh, waking up on a Sunday morning like, is, is Cantlay going to do it? Like, no, because he's out of it. He's always out of it. Um, so, I, so I'm not betting him. But he's another one that if he wins and that's one of your guys and that wins you some of those units that you desperately need, I will – I'll virtually shake your hand because you live, you know, two thousand miles away from me. We gotta, we'll, we'll, we'll hang out at some point. I'm gonna fly out there at some point. Or when are you coming back to the East Coast? You're from here. You should be around here. Uh, I'll meet you in New York. I'm flying up there in two weeks. Oh, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> well, I'm going for a wedding, and it's my mom's birthday, and she's going up to New York. I have a lot of like, I got to see my grandparents who are really really old I, I didn't make the i didn't make the list is what you're getting at i got you <laughs> yeah yeah you're behind the guy whose wedding i'm going to and my parents and dying grandparents but you're an honorable mention dan what's up everyone it's nick Wright, and i got something exciting to talk to you about today angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well now angie isn't just your average home services marketplace It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. 
That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Okay. Um, third guy in my card, the least surprising guy, um, Colin Marikawa. He's probably cost me a lot of money this season, but um, he's pretty much the most accurate ball striker in the world. He uh, is the 2021 Open champion. If this course is firm and fast, which golf nerds, golf course nerds suggest it could be, then that helps out Marikawa's lack of length off the tee. You can get some rollouts in those fairways um, because he is, again, very, very accurate. Great from 200 yards out and approach shots can't really putt to save his life that'll probably end up costing him the tournament but we've seen him put together uh solid putting rounds when in his two major champions his his or championships his last pga tour victory was of course the 2021 open championship he uh lost to ricky fowler in a playoff at the rocket mortgage so he is in good form he's picked up strokes on the greens and his last four starts um, so if he can continue that putting, uh, is accurate off the tee and around the course, he can definitely be a threat here. Um, I can understand that whatever pushback you may give, but what do you, what are you thinking? I just don't like Colin Marco. Fair enough. Well, we don't have to harp on it. Who else do you got on your card? And I don't mean I don't like him personally. He seems like a really good kid and, and, and all that. I just. Yeah, I don't get it. I, he had a good run, and I feel like he's still kind of living off a little bit of uh, that run that he had that ultimately led to a PGA Championship. He won the 2020 PGA Championship and the 2021 Open Championship. Do you know he's he's 10th in total strokes gained this season on the PGA Tour? He's another one, though, that I feel like in the Cantlay vein, like plays well, but plays well when he's out of it. And I haven't really seen him digging around the top at all this year. So I think that's kind of what's what's keeping me off of him. No, that's fair. Um he usually places in these in the top twenty in these majors. He does really well in majors. Difficult golf courses, he, he shows up and plays well. So that's what I'm hoping he gives me again this week and can cash a top ten. I mean he's fourteenth at the US Open, but to your point he didn't really Ever he wasn't ever contending, right? Uh, tenth at the Masters, thirteenth at the Players. Like he's had a pretty good year. Twenty sixth at the PGA Championship, which I know you know X and the PGA Championship, eh? But he didn't get killed there. Um, actually, picked up strokes in all the five major categories. So let's go, Colin. It would yeah, be that one. I w- that one I will not be celebrating if you win. If if Colin wins, I'm going to be very very upset. I understand. Oh, man. It would be the best way to bounce out of the slump. Actually, him or the next guy I'm going to talk about yeah, would be the best I, I, best yeah. way to, to bounce out of the slump. Someone who also who, who I also think you're on, but we'll save that for uh, a few minutes down the road here. Who else do you got on yeah. your card uh, up at the so, top? Yep. Yeah. So I, I bet Kepka. Um, it's not necessarily because I love – Brooks at this tournament, he wasn't someone I was ever planning on, but usually he's just out of my price range. Like I just feel like his odds don't match, but I managed to get him at 22 to one, the same number you got Hovland at. And that's kind of, I just was like, I have no choice here. Like at 22 to one for Kepka, 
you know, around the same odds as like Fleetwood, Hatton, Hovland, Shoffley, like, you know, worse odds than Cantlay, Cam Smith. Like, I, I just couldn't. I, I couldn't pass up. The, that was just entirely a value-based pick. Um, I went with Kepka, who doesn't traditionally play well at opens. This is not the major that he's it, – that it's his – sort of his strong suit. Are you sure about that? I mean, relative – Relative to his other, like he's good at all majors, but like relative to like the PGA in the U.S., where he just crushes everyone. Um, yeah, you need a little crow. Missed cut last yeah. year. T six year before that. T four year before that. T thirty nine. T six and T seventeen. If you look though, if you look a little deeper into that. In 2018, he won the U.S. Open in the PGA. His worst finish at a major was at the Open, T39. The year that you're that you're referencing, the T4, his other results in the other majors, 2-1-2. Two, two. So it's still his worst finish in a major. Yes, it's fourth. I get what you're saying. But it still was his worst performance that year, and that's how he was playing. The T6 in 2021, he did get cut at the Masters, but then T2 at the PGA, T4 at the U.S. Open. So it was still his third worst performance in a major Last year, it was, you know, obviously he got cut. So it's traditionally one of his worst finishes among the majors. Even like that year that he was going great, he finished top five in all the majors. So, yeah, he plays well at all of them. But it was still his worst finish. You're just addicted to the debate, to the banter. You know this is your pick, right? I'm trying to – I'm I'm talking him up for you, baby. No, all I was saying was that, like, this isn't his best major. His best major is PGA and the U.S. Open. Like, that is where he wins. He's not won an Open. He's not finished second in an open because he's finished second at the U.S. Open, second at the P, like second, twice second at the Masters. Like he's never finished inside the top three at this tournament. It's the only major where he's not finished inside the top three. Um, and every other major, he's finished inside the top three at least three times. Every other one of them, top three at least. Think about that. Top three at least three times at every other major. He hasn't done it once here. Yes, I understand. It is a risk. I do understand that Kepka, and you're like, oh, look at those numbers. Like, you're going to eat some crow. Like, that's not the point. Kepka, we're not comparing Brooks Kepka to Thomas Dietrich's results. Like, yes, he's obviously better. He plays well at majors. This is not his best major. That is the point I was trying to make, and I am correct. I'm more arguing about you saying I was wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying we're going back and forth on a on a pick that I was agreeing with you and trying to back you up. And you're trying to win some little proxy war that doesn't have anything to do with anything. <laughs> That's all I mean. Um, I do think the same holds true for Brooks as it does for Victor, Scotty Scheffler, Rory, and Cam Young last year. I was big into Cam Young because I just think like the flatness of the course, no trees, and just these crazy ball strikers, they're going to be able to like envision and attempt shots that the uh, the rest of the guys in the field just can't like with with Scheffler and and Rory and and Hovland's like ball flight and like how high they hit it they can they can just they can hit approach shots they can hit shots off the tee that other guys just can't get to so Brooks I'll push has back a little bit it. I'll push back a little bit on Scheffler though just because he really hasn't he's only played two opens so it's kind of hard to say that like this isn't his best major. He just doesn't have any experience. And he finished T8 in 2021, which was about what he was doing in the other majors. Finished T8 at the PGA, T7 at the U.S. Open. Um, 
even in 2022 when he finished T21, he got cut at the PGA. So, yeah, it was his third major there. Um, but he hasn't played – like, he's only played it twice. And the one year, he basically finished where he finished all the other majors. The other year, it was third on his list, and this will be the fourth one. We'll see. Because this year, he's been 10-2-3. Like, does he finish outside of that? Is this his worst major of the year? I think it's hard to it's harder to make the argument with Scheffler that this isn't his tournament just because he, he hasn't played it enough. All I'm saying is, like, elevation changes, blind tee shots, blind approach shots – you know, dog legs that that are that have a bunch of trees. Those are all things that can kind of like mitigate length off the tee and ball striking power. And also, Hovland and, actually is good at open, so that's that goes to your point. Yeah, yeah, like it's, his best finish the last two years in majors were both at the open. The T twelve and twenty one was the best he finished in any major, and a T four last year was the best he finished in any major. This year, he's got a lot to compete with because he's got a T7, a T2, and a 19. So the only way for the Open to be his best major this year is for him to win. Damn right. Um, yeah, and it's kind of thought that his weak short game would hold him back at the Opens previously, but he's such an elite ball striker, the short game doesn't matter, right? Or it's not supposed yeah, to. What's going to be interesting are these fairway bunkers that we keep hearing about where they're like, you have to ship it out. Like, you hit it into a fairway bunker, you have to chip it out, and you're going to be struggling to make par. I don't think that the fairway bunkers are tricky in the sense that it's like you either have the power to carry them and you try to blast it over, or you just lay up in just the, the generous wide fairway zone ahead of it and hit your approach shot from 180 to 225 out, right? Like, those people, the guys who even have to, like, worry about, well, this could go in the bunker. Like, dude, just lay it up. Just just lay it up. Because to your point, like, if you go in a bunker, it's a, it's a miracle for you to save par at that point. Like, it's, it's, you're pretty much not saving par. Um, so, anyways, the uh, next guy that I have on, on my card here is, again, uh, you know, I bet him almost every tournament, Hideki Matsuyama. I... Gave him out at plus eight thousand. He was up to a hundred to one at one point in this. I was gonna bet. I was gonna bet him at a hundred to one, but it did not last. Let me tell you that. Did you get a piece of Hideki at all? No. All right. Understood. Um, again, a lot of the same guys that showed up on the Open Championship uh, leaderboards the last two times this golf course hosted the Open were former Masters champions and former players. Um, uh, championship winners. Matsuyama won the the Masters in 2021. He uh, set the then course record at the Players in 2020 before it was canceled with COVID. He also won the Memorial, which again has a lot of danger off the tee, similar to Royal Liverpool. I mean, as I was making this uh, point to you uh, via Slack, I think, but DFS thinks he can score really well. Um, they had him priced at like 8,900. And when I made this point, it was roughly when Matsuyama was going off at 100 to 1. So his odds have come down a little bit. But, you know, DFS is, is mostly based on like birdie and eagle scoring. Um, but the best part of Matsuyama's game this year has been his scrambling and his around the green play. If you miss the green at this course, that could be a real problem. So I think as around the green, like wizard wizardry would come could come into a play here. And he's also this is so random, but he's really good at approach shots inside of 100 yards. 
So what I'm envisioning is him missing the fairway after like a 280, 290-yard um, uh, tee shot. Him just kind of having to put it back into the fairway 80, 75, 90 yards from the, the rough that he's in and then having to save par from inside 100 yards. And this is something I know just by betting him all the time and tracking all of his shots. If he's within 100 yards of the pin, it's going within five feet of the pin almost every time. Whether or not he's got he like hits a twenty percent chance yeah. of making the putt. Whether or not he hits the five foot putt, well, that's a coin flip. But him getting it inside of five feet from a hundred yards is is pretty much a lock. So, I just think at the end of the day, like he's going to save par in a lot of spots where it looks like he's going to give up shots. He's he's. I think he's going to make the weekend. He's never played very well at the Open, at least not as well as he has the other majors, but. Um, because of the comp courses, because of how accurate he's been off the tee recently, how great his approach game has been, I'm willing to take a chance at Hideki, captain of 65 at DraftKings. Yeah, he went from 100 to 65. As much as I do like Hideki, 65 gets the number where it's like, all right, based on recent form, I can listen to that. 100 is just stupid. Like if it, I gave him out. I did give him out as a pool pick because I do like him, especially you know for like my pool. You know, you had to. I locked in the the odds. He's in the fourth. You know, he's down on the board. So the guys that he's next to, I certainly like him over most of them. But now he's in a range where he's like, he's in that like Wyndham Clark. Sam Burns range guys I like a little bit. Even Patrick Reed I like a little bit at 70. Like, he's now in a range. I mean, when he was in a range with Sung J M and and, you know, Denny McCarthy and Russell Henley, I was like, oh, I'll, you know, Hideki all day. But now he's getting into a range where he's – I missed the boat on that, and I won't be betting him outright, I can tell you that. Happy I got close. I got close in line value in a lot of these guys actually. No Hovland. Did you get Decky out officially eighty? I got him at eighty. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's good. Got Cantley at plus twenty five hundred. He's back. He's down to two grand. Two. Yeah. Colin Marikawa still out where I got him thirty five hundred. Who? Uh, who? Else? I have three more long shots to rattle off. Who else do you got? Uh, we haven't really touched on my two mid-range guys. I have two guys at 35 to 1. Again, this is a, a little bit of book shopping. I do, though, want to spend some time talking about Dustin Johnson um, because I feel like he's a guy who I – if Wyndham Clark doesn't win this tournament, I think Dustin Johnson's going to win this golf tournament. Um, and getting him at 35, I was thrilled, ecstatic, and, and happy to lock in 35 to 1. But I faded him at the U.S. Open – famously in my my article and uh he posted a top 10 finish so you know that happened um but he's really good at open champ like we just talked about guys like uh open's not his best major like dustin is very good at open championships he's finished top 10 in each of the past two years even when he was struggling in the other majors because over the last few years he hasn't really contended a ton and i even said this when we did the u.s open pool when we talked about him because you you brought him up and i was like the only major he contends at is the open so I'm not betting him here. And here we are. We're at the open. So now I was like, well, I got to take a look at this guy because this is his this is his major. And he finished T12 in 2014 at this course. And he's actually playing really well 
I know no one pays attention to like live golf results, but he has three top five finishes in the past four tournaments. And he finished fifth last week. So like his game is in good form and he's fighting for a spot on that US Ryder Cup team. Like he's one of those live guys that you're like, are they gonna make it? Are they not? I think he's on the outside looking in, and I think he needs something big this week to make the case that he belongs on the Ryder Cup team. I think there's a lot riding on this major for Dustin. It's like I said many times, it's historically his best, arguably his best major in as far as consistency. I think he can win this. I think he or Wyndham Clark is going to win this tournament. And if they are in the final grouping, oh my God, I'll lose my shit. Dude, the more we talk about it and the more we I think about it, the more I just love just these big balls, big American ball strikers at these courses. Like they just overpower these courses. I wonder how they feel about Lynx golf. You're probably just like this is pussy shit. Yeah, like, it's, it is. In, it is interesting to talk about like the difference because I it was brought up. Um, I think during the Scottish Open, you know, when broadcasters are trying to fill time, and they but they talked a little bit about, and I never really thought about it. Um, but it's kind of true. Like in any sport, you know, countries have their own sort of styles, and they do this a lot with soccer. Like, oh, the you know the the South American teams tend to play this way, whereas, and I don't know the answer to this because I don't watch that much soccer. But they always make these points, like. You know, when a European team faces a South American team, it's like, oh, it's a clash of styles. And it's kind of true for golf, too. And they, they mentioned this, that, like, European golf is different than American golf. And there's no tree, you know, the links, no trees. Like, U.S. golf is very tree-heavy. Um, but, I mean, there's only been one U.S. winner in the last four Opens, and that's your guy, Morikawa. So, Damn right it I is. I don't know. Damn I mean, right. before the I mean, before that, you had Spieth and Zach Johnson. Mickelson's an open winner. I don't know. But U.S. golf is in such a different place right now. And, you know, Cam Smith won last year. Obviously, he's not an American, but he was being chased by Cam Young, who is one of those big American bombers. Um, I'll be fading Cam Young hard this week. And if you want to know why, you can just read my write-up because I am off the Cam Young train entirely. Um, Rory, not American, but bomber. And obviously, you and, know. And, and honestly, at this point, like he's played so much American golf for so long, yeah. like he's been over. Like I don't even, I don't even know if I consider him sort of one of the, like the European style guys. Whereas, like, you know, as much as a like a Shane Lowry in 2019 type of winner. Yeah, Fleetwood, Rose, Fitzpatrick. Well, I mean, Fitzpatrick yeah, like, is long off the tee, but that's still somewhat yeah, recent. But he's definitely more of a like a European style golfer. Whereas Rory, I feel like at this point is almost right in the mold with those with the Americans. Uh, speaking of Shane Lowry, you got some exposure on him, right? I do like Lowry as well. That was I the other thirty-five to one you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I got two thirty-five to ones. One was was DJ. The other's uh, Lowry. Um, you know, he's a. Uh, we just mentioned it. He's a former champion. Um, he hasn't finished worse than 21st in any of the past three. He topped 10 the last time it was held here in 2014. And he's another one whose game is like quietly in a really good shape. Three straight top 20s. Uh, he's been in the top 20 of all three majors this year, although he hasn't quite contended, which is, you know, what would hold you back from maybe an outright. But I'm, I'm still on him as an outright. Uh, 14 of 16 cuts this year. Very consistent. You know, 35 to 1, guy who's won before, guy who's played well at this course before. Yeah, I like Lowry too. Um, I got Keegan Bradley at one hundred and ten oh. to one. I take it back. Not more. If Keegan Bradley wins this fucking tournament, I might kill myself. 
<laughs> he's in great form. 21 at the Mar- uh, Rocket Mortgage, which is not sucks. very good. He sucks. He sucks at golf. Uh, won the Travelers in your um, current state. Uh, miscut at the, the U.S. Open. 30th Hometown. at the Memorial. Hometown winner at the Travelers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 29th at the PGA Championship. He won at the Zozo, um, which I do uh, find some comps to the Accordia, Accordia National Golf Club in Japan to to the Royal Liverpool Golf Club in, in England. Um, yeah, great recent form. His whole thing is, is not being able to putt, but he's picked up four strokes. Um, on the greens per event over his last five starts. He's having, I think, his best putting season ever. He was, uh, I believe, T14 or T19 the last time the Open was held here um, in 2016. I'm trying to look it up now. Um, Either way, though, that was... He was putting pretty good that year. Excuse me, it's 2014 T19. He's putting pretty good that year, but putting much better this year. Um, I do think his his um, the ability to play in the Northeast and in America kind of helps him. And I guess Link's conditions are completely different than the Parkland style courses that he plays in the Northeast. But I just I just feel like he's gonna go well. You know, you're you're a feel better. I have a feel that Keegan Bradley is gonna is gonna have a, a strong performance at the Open. He's generated the six most scoring opportunities in the field over the last twenty four rounds. Plays really well in windy weather, which is part of like my rationale for saying he plays. You know, could play well here at Link style course because there's going to be a lot of wind. You would think at this uh, at this event. So I'm on Keegan. Um, hot putter, great approach play. We'll see. Hundred and ten to one. I hope he pulls his back and withdraws after one shot. Well, let me get you back on uh, on board with one of my picks. One of your guys, Denny McCarthy, going with him. He's first in good drives uh, gain, which blend, blends distance and accuracy off the tee. He's first over the last 36 rounds, and he's first in putting over the last 24 rounds. One of the best putters in the world. Cam Smith, another elite putter, is the reigning champion golfer of the year. I got, I got Denny McCarthy at 125 to one, and I'm sorry if you're gonna hit the fairway all the time and knock down your putts, like you you legitimately could win any tournament. Like that's that combination is all world. So love th- Denny, love him at 125. He's at 90 now, so no exposure for me. I don't think he can win this golf tournament, to be honest with you. Um, but I like him, and he's a good player. And I won't—that's another one I won't be furious if he wins, just because I like him. But uh, I really don't think he can win this golf tournament. But I do like him as a potential pool player, and you know, DFS kind of thing. Like I think he'll be solid. Um, he's not going to hurt your team. He should make the cut. And at that, you know, when you start talking about pool and DFS, like down in those salary ranges, you need guys to make the cut. Like that is the most important thing. I think he'll make the cut, um, but I, I really don't think he can win this golf tournament. Help me expound on this. I think the Open is the tournament, the the major, where the most guys who you think can't win it could actually win it. Like like Colin Marikawa got down to th- I bet him at thirty seven to one at the twenty twenty one Open Championship. He missed the cut at the Scottish Open the week before and was like, I hate Link. You know what golf. I would you know what I would want to know, and I don't know if there's any way to find this out. You're the wizard with finding stats. When is the last time 
that the Open champion had never won a tournament before, like on the PGA Tour or like, you know what I mean? Like a high-level tournament. Has that ever happened? Because, again, this is just totally based on anecdotal, but I feel like Open winners are champions at some level, at something prior to their Open championship victory. That's what I would like to know. And that's um, my worry with McCarthy here. I think the stage is a little too big. I think he needs to knock out that first win before he can compete uh, at this level. That that would be my my McCarthy thing as well. That's fair. Uh, I saw a trend on Twitter that eight of the last ten Open champions have won a tournament that year, and McCarthy has never won a tournament. Uh, but yeah. he did I mean, lose in a playoff that... to Hovland. Again, Memorial, Mirfield, Comp Course. I'm I sorry, get it, ahead. but... That's just in one year. I'm like, I I'd be willing to bet that it's been a long. I mean, if you look at the Open champions: Cam Smith, Morikawa, Lowry, Francisco Molinari, Spieth, Henrik Stenson, Zach Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, like all guys known for winning. Wait, it's all Sten- of them. I don't know anything about Stenson. Is he known for winning? To me, that I feels mean, like a random name. Francis. He has. Six career PGA Tour wins, 11 oh, European Tour wins. Got me. Okay, fair enough. How like, about Francisco yeah. Malinari? Another one. Like, he's been around. Like, he's old now, so you don't know about, like, his heyday. But let's see. Uh, well, he only has three PGA Tour wins. That might be your best. That might be your best comp to make would be Molinari. Let me see. I mean, Larry, what does he have for PGA Championship victories? Let's see. Uh, so Molinari is one of those guys. He actually won two tournaments in 2018 prior to, oh no, he won one. He won the, he won the tournament three weeks before he not, he did it. He knocked. Was it the John Deere? It was the Quicken Loans National in on, in July of 2018, he busted his PGA tour cherry and three weeks later won the open. So that even kind of still speaks to what I'm saying. Um, and we're not going to count. Danny McCarthy's playoff loss to Hovland. He lost. It's a moral victory. He lost. <laughs> yeah, and he was crying at the end, so maybe not. I mean, moral victory. I mean, Shane Lowry. Uh, yeah, he's a he's he. I mean, he won in twenty. Like he won four years before, but he was a winner. Plus, he won a bunch of European tournament events, which you can scoff at, but like, there's still I will still some still some good wins in there. Zach Johnson. I don't know anything about him. He was good at one point. Dude, he's a right. He's the U.S. Ryder Cup captain for a reason. <laughs> they don't just. Not a, he's got twelve PGA Tour victories. Like, <laughs> yeah, two thousand seven match. He's a Masters winner. Like, yeah, Zach Johnson. Just Come talking. On. Just talking with no, bros. What do I know? I, just, what do, I don't. How about Darren Clark? Two thousand eleven. He ain't shit. Did you notice I stopped before that? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I listed all of the winners until I got to Darren Clark, and I stopped because I don't actually know anything about Darren Clark. But he does have three PGA Tour victories. Let's see if it came. Uh, see if it came before the open. Yes, it did. Yep. How about a, another guy? I think you're on uh, Louis Oosthuizen, the I 2010 Open champion. How many professional wins did he have? One. Only one. On and it PGA was the Tour. Open. There you yeah. go. There's the comp. But he, but he won in the European Tour. Like, we don't count that. We're stupid that. Americans. I count that. No, no. Only now you count it, but. If this argument was going the other way, you wouldn't count it. <laughs> he won the Africa Open in 2011, bro. Come oh, on. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, now we're talking about Angel. Like, but Louis is a champion through and through. Like, 
I mean, I guess you could make the argument that was his breakthrough victory, and you you think this could be Denny's breakthrough victory. That's fine. I buy that. I mean, how many again? How many arguments? But even still, that's going back for... to 2010. That's going back to 2010 to find a guy who hadn't won on the PGA Tour prior to his Open Championship. I mean, my three big bullet points on the Denny McCarthy argument is good with the driver recently, elite putter, and 125 to one. Like that's that's all you really need, I, right? I know. And my counter argument is he's not going to win. So you could make him four thousand to one. It doesn't change the fact he's not going to win. That uh, would change the fact cash. that you'd definitely bet him, wouldn't you? I, I certainly would, but yeah. I'd be throwing the money away. I just because I'd be able to bet less. <laughs> I could bet a dollar on him to win four grand. Like I'll, I bet five. I'll bet a Starbucks coffee on him to win twenty grand. I would do that all day. But that's just value. I value shop. Don't get me wrong. I don't look. I don't hate him at one twenty five to one. I just don't think he's going to win the golf tournament. How do you feel about him top twenty plus two seventy five? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a lo- that's a light number for him. All right. I would like it a little better at like 400 personally. But. My last long shot, another guy I don't think you like, um, Siwoo Kim. No, I'm fading him actually, and I have a whole write-up about it. So if you want to hear that counter argument, I can give it to you. But go ahead. Give your pro argument. Won the players in 2017, T4 at the Memorial in June. Actually, in- you, this is going to make you laugh. I don't have a great anti-Siwoo Kim argument, even though I wrote up him fading him, and you're going to actually laugh because you're going to be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and it makes me feel better. So good. My counter argument is actually going to make you feel better about your pick. So go ahead. Um, 17th in scoring opportunities over the last 24 rounds. He's... Um, He's second in driving accuracy over the last 36 rounds, 10th in ball striking, really good on these long par fours. I, I got him at 125 to 1 as well. He uh, won the Sony Open earlier this year. He's played really well in recent tournaments, as you know, I talked about the Memorial T4 in June. So I think he does have actual win equity because he has won earlier this year. And he won the Players, which is a huge tournament, um, the, the Players Major. Right? Is that what they call it? Yeah, it's like the unofficial fifth major. Yeah. So what are your reasons for... for... This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill, FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Fading him, which I'm supposed to laugh at. Well, this is funny because I started by listing why basically you should bet him. He finished fourth at the Memorial, a great finish at an elevated event, made the cut at the Masters, missed at the PGA Championship, which I'm throwing out anyway, so I can't possibly. Um, And he finished top 15 last year at the British Open. Here's and that was more of a putting contest. I think Here's the reason. this course plays well better for him. All right, what do you got? I don't like the group he's in for him. Do you know who he's playing with in the first two rounds? No. Why does okay. He's playing with Cameron Young and Bryson DeChambeau. Two guys who absolutely rip the ball off the tee. And I think this is again, it's crazy. I wrote this in the article like this. It's crazy. This is stupid. But I think it's going to mess with his head playing alongside those guys who are 40 and 50 yards ahead of him on every approach shot. 
I I do think there's going to be a little bit of a mental game where he might try to crank it up a little bit with those two. And it's like us showering cup. with the basketball team. <laughs> what? <laughs> Never mind. I don't get that reference. No, you have to explain it now. Showering with the basketball team. You know, like he's going to be around a couple of a big swinging dicks, and he's going to be like, "I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to pull out my my micro chub." I don't know. Maybe it went over your head. I guess trying to overcompensate for a lack of length off the day. Yeah. Playing alongside guys who that's all they do is bomb the ball off the tee. Yeah. Showering with the basketball team. Yeah, whatever. Maybe okay, it doesn't fine. work. Again, I'm really only just fading him. Like, again, fade is kind of a strong word. But you're also fading it's... Cameron Young. Are you just yeah, fading think... the whole group? Basically, yeah. I hate the group. I think they're all going to suck. I think it's going to be one of those groups where everybody brings everybody down. Kim's going to try to keep up with the Bombers. The Bombers are just going to do dumb shit. Uh, don't like... I mean, Bryson, I guess, is the guy I hate the least in this group, but his number is a stay away for me. Um, where even is he right what now? If, what if they try to overpower the 65. course and then they hit it, like, go errantly off the tee or whatever and see who's like, all right, I'm not yeah, going mean, to try that. I'm going to lay back. If that – well, he's he doesn't, he doesn't have a choice. He has to lay back. He hits it 20 yards less than them on average, and that's not even considering the fact that when they actually let it go – yeah, I it's fine. You can see who's fine. I'm I'm just not going to use him in any in any format. That's all. All right. Who else do you have in your card? Uh, my last two, I'll just give together because neither I don't really have like great uh, reasoning. Uh, they, these are strictly value plays as far as the number I got them at. Um, I just I can't believe Tom Kim is sixty five to one. That feels like nutty to me with how good of a golfer he actually is. He's do in I my think honorable Tom, mentions. Oh, I want yeah, to. Yeah, like, do I think Tom Kim is going to win this tournament? Probably not, but he is a PGA Tour winner. He's done it twice, so I don't think the stage is too big. Um, you know, but he didn't play well last year in his debut, but, you know, guys don't play well in their debut, so he's, he's had a chance to see an Open at least. He is coming off a pretty good finish, T8 at the U.S. Open. He finished T16 at the Masters. I'm obviously throwing out the PGA uh, Championship. Didn't happen. Where he got cut. Like, how many guys have I am I betting that got cut at the PGA Championship? It's all of them. Um, which might end Brooks. up biting me in the ass. You got yeah, Brooks. you're right. I do have Brooks. Uh, but again, this was more about value. I like Tom Kim as a DFS play. I have him in a couple lineups. Um but I probably won't use him in pools. At least, it, again, it just depends on the format and who he's around. Because, again, he's at that 65 number, which is right where Wyndham Clark is. And I certainly would prefer Wyndham Clark to uh, Tom Kim. Um, but it's still, good number. No problem with that. And then the same thing is true. I bet Jason Day because he's 110 to 1. And he definitely has win equity. I like betting Day as an outright, too, instead of, like, because I think there's a chance he could, like, you know, whatever injury or vertigo he's dealing with, like, he could withdraw. But, like, you know, if my 100 to 10, my 110 to 1 shot withdraws after six holes, like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Like, I probably won't use him. Maybe I'll give him a little bit of a pool look. Maybe I'll sprinkle him in some DFS. But I'm not putting a lot of eggs in the Jason Day basket. It's just more about the fact that, like, you know, his number is the same as Ryan Fox, 
Ben on, and Siwoo Kim. I'll take Jason Day out of that group every time. For sure. I think his game set up better for St. Andrews last year, but he wasn't even in the Open Championship last year. He's had a bounce back here, but he's really struggled of late. I think he's missed three straight cuts. So Yeah, I don't have like I don't have a great pro Jason Day argument other than the number. It's just too high a number and you know before for twenty bucks to win two grand, like yeah, I'll throw that on there. I I remember from capping him earlier this year, but before his recent string of missed cuts, he was just nasty on par fours and long par fours. And because of his putting is a pretty crazy scrambler. He he wasn't great with the driver, which I do not like this week at this course. But again, I mean, it's 110 to one and getting someone who's as good at putting as he is with legit win equity and a former major champion. Um, you don't need that many arguments or betting 110 to one. Um, before we wrap up, though, let's talk about some head to heads that mean you can have. Oh, we, frick. What do we go? I went two and one against you last week. Right. But you're definitely yes. up on me this year. Um, I think I've narrowed the gap a little bit. Yeah, because I, I I I backed out of a couple of Rory Rom head to heads, or maybe just one. Um, I had one uh, that was canceled, but you were trending towards winning that one anyway. So I got I, one for you right right away. I was hoping I'll we take, could do a Marikawa one. I'll take Brian Harmon over Keegan Bradley. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you're not really in on Keegan, and I, I love am. I, I'm really you in on Harmon. I like. I like Harmon. Harmon is balling. You haven't lately. mentioned him once. You're betting Keegan Bradley to win this tournament, and yet you're not willing to go head to head against Brian Harmon. We've talked about like 15 golfers, and we're 66 minutes in. I don't have time to hit every one of these guys. Like Joaquin Neiman, he actually does pretty good on my model. Terrible on the open. 150 to one. I I don't know. I think he's worth the conversation, but I, I just don't have time for it. So I think ba- Russell Henley over Siwoo Kim. Oh, two of my guys. <laughs> All right, you can't be on everybody. No, but I did. I did hit. I did hit Henley at Michael. I was looking at Marikawa since he's plus 3500, and you have two guys in there. So I'll take Marikawa versus Lowry or Dustin Johnson, whichever one you feel more confident in. Uh, okay. I'll do that. That's not an option, which is interesting. I'm surprised they're not an option. Let me see if they are on my, uh, my, uh, app that shall not be named. Yeah. Spieth, uh, I think is going against Colin Marikawa and the, the DraftKings head to head. Marikawa was minus 130 over Spieth and Spieth. Is, yeah, I don't want Spieth. Spieth is absolutely excellent in an open championship. So I'm a little surprised at that number. DraftKings thinks Colin Marikawa is going to play well this week, apparently, even though he's at 35 to one. So I don't, I don't really get that. Um, let me look. You got to go through these different apps. Like it's a long story, but I can't access my FanDuel account, which is annoying because they have a few really good numbers and it's going to cost me some money not being able to get into my FanDuel account right now. You know what I do want to gamble on actually, if you want to take Brian Harmon, He's got better odds, but Justin Thomas. Would you Would you go Justin no, Thomas versus? No, because I I like JT. Okay, I'm not. No, and I, I don't like. I just thought it made sense because I hate Keegan Bradley. I'm looking to fade him at every turn, and I thought it it just seemed perfect 
and I, you know, I like Harmon a little bit, but it's not like I'm head over heels looking to bet Brian. That was more of a fade Keegan Bradley than a I want to bet Brian Harmon. I like Harmon. I think he. I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to use him probably again. He's a he's a guy that I'm going to sprinkle DFS. Um, I kind of like uh, the uh, one of the apps that I, shall not be named that I use does these like f- groups of five. And Harmon's has the worst odds out of Corey Connors, Taylor Gooch, Robert McIntyre, and Patrick Reed. I do like Reed this week, as mentioned, for some things, but I don't know. Harmon at almost plus 400 out of that group, I don't hate. But let me see. I'm just curious what some of the other matchups that are actually being offered are. All right, well, I'll get the DraftKings one. Yeah, I just went through those, and there weren't any that jumped out as far as, like, you and me. Yeah, you like Hovland. We already got I Roy do. I don't versus, want to bet against Hovland. We already got Roy versus Rom. Um, Gooch Reed, I got no opinion on that I one. I do love Tom Kim over Cameron Young, but I know you like Tom Kim, so you're not going to yeah. touch that. Shoffley and Cantlay. Where like both is of that? Them. Is that on another app? Tom Kim versus no, Cameron on... Young? I mean, Jahoon Kim, right? That's on DraftKings, and he's even money. Well, he's actually plus 100, so you can nice. get one-to-one on uh, Tom Kim over Cam Young. Beautiful. I needed some content today. Go ahead and write that one up. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> um, let's see. Man, this this app is offering Rom versus Hovland. That seems crazy. I mean, obviously, Rom is, is a heavy favorite. Uh, I mean, f- Fowler versus Mar you like Fowler though. You won't you won't you won't. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to fade Fowler. Yeah. I mean this one has so that's interesting because DraftKings has Morikawa versus Speeth, and this app has Lowry versus Speeth at even money. So I, if you'll take DJ, I'll I'll do DJ versus Morikawa. Alright. I don't, you know why? This is going to sound stupid too, but like I'd rather bet you American versus American than having to root for the Irishman over the American. I I feel you 100%. I get where you're coming from with that. Cameron Smith is down to 2,000 to 1. That's interesting. Damn it. I wish he was like that earlier this week. I don't want to fade Kepka, but I want like a head-to-head. Eh, no. I can't go Cantley over Kepka. It's just two completely different energies, I and I like take I'll... the shit out of that. They're playing each other too. It's going to be fascinating because Kepka complained about Cantley's slow play, and now they're a first and second round pairing. Yeah, I talked which to our is just amazing. I talked to our golf writer about that, Mark Harris, and he said because Hideki's the third one in that group, and he's like Hideki's kind of slow too. I was like, oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I know, and actually. It pissed me off when he told me because I was like, "Oh shit, that might get in Kepka's head." And that, well, you know what? Like, I don't have a ton on like I like I said, I bet him for value more than anything. So if he doesn't win, I don't, I'm not gonna. And those two guys are like it. robots. They're not even gonna care about Kepka being mad. Who's Adrian Moronk's matchup? Because I just I've made a living. Oh, they don't have one on DraftKings. He's only he's on here against uh, Thomas Peters, which I probably will take because I hate Adrian Moronk and I make a ton of money betting against him. So I probably will bet Thomas Peters. How get off that ship now? You don't need what? to force it. I, Thomas Peters. I know you hate Adrian Moronk. It's been profitable, but it's been profitable because he's been matched up with guys that he shouldn't be matched up with. He's better Thomas than Thomas Dietrich? Peters. What? 
Thomas Peters is the matchup you're talking about, right? I know, but like last week he was matched up against Dietrich, and I won that. Like you think Dietrich, he shouldn't have been matched up against Dietrich? No, that's no, that's a good point. I meant like, the earlier times that you faded him. I kind of think they're the same player. I mean, you don't even know anything about Thomas Peters because he's like a European tour guy. He's live tour. Oh, is he now? Yeah, he joined the the live. I'll have to look and see what he's been doing lately, then. But yeah, he is mostly a uh, he was mostly a European tour guy before he joined like, live. Look, Moronk's gonna miss the cut. We know that. So then the question is, I just need to get a guy who's gonna make the cut. And man, I don't know. Peters finished twenty eighth last year at the Open, and twenty seventh at the U.S. Open. You and know, he made what? the cut at the PGA. Maybe you should try it. We got Hovland versus Fowler. That's the only. I will take that one. I just I don't want to root against Hovland though. I really don't. I really don't. I like Victor, and I actually. I don't know if you knew this, but he's Norwegian. Does that do anything for you? It kind of makes me want to do it just because then you have to root against the American and like a really likable American, which is kind of funny to me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to. Wait a minute. You know what? You're talking out of it. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to bet against Fowler, man. Come on. I can't even put you in that position. And because I want to talk positively about Fowler during the tournament. I don't want you to get all salty about it. So, no, I don't want to do that. But I. So, what what did we lock in here? All right, we're doing Rory versus Rom, obviously, and then we're doing Colin Marikawa versus Dustin Johnson. Versus DJ. Okay. I'm, I think I'm going to take Corey Connors over Ryan Fox, personally. Tom Kim over Cameron Young, and I'm looking for maybe one head-to-head to add to my card. But I would definitely be on your side on both of those because I, I like both of those bets. Um, I can't believe Wyndham Clark's matchup is Justin Rose. Yeah, oh I'm God. thinking about that too. Justin Rose does really well in my model. Uh, frankly, he does better than Wyndham Clark. I don't really want to fade it, but eyeball test tells me Wyndham Clark is the play there. So I don't know. I'm just gonna stay away from that that one. I think it's a man. Good how far matchup. Justin Thomas has fallen? Like his matchup is Robert McIntyre, and it's even like minus one ten, minus one ten. <laughs> Dude, I don't want. I know I don't want to bet Justin Thomas. Robert McIntyre. It feels like the books want you to bet Robert Ma- or want you to bet Justin Thomas, which makes me think like McIntyre might be the play there. I was looking. I believe it or not, I was looking at McIntyre hard last week because I but know I kind of would want to fade him coming off of last week. Like I think that was his home open, and he lost it in like super devastating fashion. Like for Rory to birdie the last two holes, like two holes that like nobody else did that. Nobody birdied seventeen and eighteen except Rory to win the tournament. Like. McIntyre was so pumped when he made that putt on 18. Like he was like, I either won this tournament at, at worst I'm in a playoff. Yeah. Do you and know, it, do you know that's the hardest hole in golf? Yes, I did know that. And Rory birdie, both of them birdied it with crazy shots. Yeah. I mean, McIntyre, well, whatever. Anyway, I, I would actually look to fade McIntyre this week, except I don't like the matchup against Justin Thomas just because I think he's due for a little bit of a letdown coming off what was a very emotional, like the Scottish open is his country's open. And I think losing it in that fashion was probably a little bit devastating. I would, I would tend to, to fade McIntyre, but I, I would not fade him against Justin Thomas just because they could both miss the cut and it could just be a battle of who's better at, you know, plus four versus plus five. All right. How about last one before we go? Louis Oosthuizen versus Zahith Tagala. Yeah, I would do that. 
I hate Tagalog. I'm looking up Louis's recent form. Fourth at Live London. T6 at Live DC. He won in Tucson. Tied for first. No, he didn't. He didn't win anything this year. That's wrong. All right. Well, said tie first in Data Golf, but whatever. I did a uh, I did a write up of him. I have all of his his recent stats. I honestly my my Ustazen argument is a little more feel than it is stats based because like you did mention he has had two decent finishes uh, lately. Um, but it's more just based on the fact that. I mean, I even wrote like th- it's the opposite of the Siwoo Kim thing where I wrote like all the bad stuff and then I literally wrote why on earth am I backing him here, and it's basically positive regression. I think he's I think. He just went through a little bit of a crappy stretch there. I think the transition to live kind of took him out of it a little bit. He took the money. Um, but obviously, he's won two opens. Uh, or no, he's a one-time open winner, right? No, two-time open winner, right? Who? Louis season? Yeah. One time. He's a two, right? No. What turn didn't he win something twice? What what is happening to my T2 brain? He got T two in two thousand fifteen. He got he won in two thousand ten. Wasn't he like? I think he finished like T two in like three tournaments in two thousand fifteen. Oh, sorry. This is what I was looking at. He lost in a playoff. Yeah, he lost in a playoff at the twenty fifteen Open. Uh, but anyway, he has good he has good Open history. And he has had a couple of good finishes lately. So, I mean, I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not betting. I was just wondering if uh, you're interested in that matchup. All right. Run through my card real quick. Are we doing it or no? No, 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 no. I'm saying I just wanted to talk to you about that because I was thinking about writing up Ustazen. Sorry if I was confusing. My card, I'm going Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantley, Colin Marikawa, Hideki Matsuyama, Keegan Bradley, Siwoo Kim, Denny McCarthy, all of which I've bet before, none of which I've been actually outside of Keegan Bradley. Um, haven't been very successful betting these guys in 2023. So fade me at your at your leisure or peril. We'll see. Who do you got on your card again? I have oh wait, that's the wrong document. I have uh Scheffler at the top, Kepka only because I got him at 22 to one uh, Fowler at 25 DJ and Lowry at 35 Wyndham at 60 Tom Kim at 65 J day at 110. And I did uh, put a small bet on Louis Ustase in top 10 at eight to one. So wait, between us, I think we have what 15 or 16 picks and none of them overlap. I have nine players on my card. I have seven. So we have 16 and none of them overlap. That's interesting. And so when we both brick this tournament, it's going to be real embarrassing. It's going to be brutal. <laughs> it's going to be super embarrassing when Rory McIlroy wins this tournament and we hit nothing. That's that's one that I could live with. Yes, I agree. The one that would piss me off would be like Xander Shoffley. Like, you son of a bitch. Now you that's showed good, up. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> now point. You showed yeah, up, you're right. Because right. he, he screwed me many a time. Terrell Hatton would hurt because I really wanted to bet Terrell Hatton. And like he is, uh, him and Tom Kim are my honorable mentions. 
Spieth would suck. That that would be annoying. I I hate Fitzpatrick for the most part, so that would be annoying. But like Xander Shoffley would be the one that would be most damaging to my ego moving forward. It might co- think, cause me to retire from golf for the rest of the season. I I'm with you, and I but I almost feel exactly the same way about Patrick Cantlay. I have bet him in basically every major over the last two years, and he has sure. never done anything. And the one time I pull back because of that, if he wins, that's uh, going to be a tough one to take. No, yeah. Like, I love I think Kepka. for me, and... if I had to rank the order of, like, how bad it would hurt my soul, Cantlay's one, Shoffley's two, and I I really don't think there's like even a close third. I think Shoffley would be the most annoying for Maybe me. Maybe Sam Burns. I le- like, I know Sam Burns, like, uh, you know, uh, personally, you know, he and I have each other's emails, you know, no big deal. Um, maybe Sam Burns. Cause I bet him at like everything and I'm not touching him this week, but I don't think it would be as bad as can Cause I just, especially at majors. Like I've used Cantlay in pools and he screwed me. I've bet him outright and he screwed. Like I, yeah, Cantlay is my, I can't, I can't, I can't have Cantlay win this tournament. Terrible. Uh, Xander would be the one that I'd be most pissed off about because I talked, I, I, I thought about betting Xander and then I literally laughed out loud. It's like, no, come on. No way. You know? Um, Terrell Hatton because he's an honorable mention. Tom Kim because he's an honorable mention. Wyndham Clark because that is a great number. And I I'd cannot be, believe you're not betting Wyndham Clark. I'd be bummed I, out. I, I don't even know who you are anymore. Um, who else would bum me out? That's, I think that's about it. Tommy, yeah, see, Tommy Fleetwood would piss me off. There's a different category because like Cantley and Shoffley, either one of them winning would hurt my soul. But then there are people who would like I, I'm not gonna bet them. I would never bet them, but I just don't like them and them winning and me bricking it because of that. Hatton being one of them. Like That's how I feel about Shan- uh Xander and Fitzpatrick. Kinda. Like I don't like them. Hatton would piss me off, like would make me angry. But it wouldn't like hurt my soul. Um, Kepka would hurt me actually. I when I first started betting golf, I said Brooks Kepka. I think if 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 you remove putting, I think Brooks Kepka is the best player in the world. Then he went to Live think, Tour, and I got butt hurt, and I didn't bet him in any fucking major. And he won obviously the PGA Championship and crushed at the Masters. And just not having money on Brooks Kepka in this form, going back to how I first thought of him when I first got into golf, kind of bums me out honestly. And especially I hear you got a great number. It's like, fuck, man. I should have. The other guys, like, all right, here's my top three that would piss, like, make me angry, but not, like, again, doesn't hurt my soul, but would make me angry. Tyrrell Hatton, Justin Rose, or Tony Finau. Tony Finau would make you angry. Yes. I don't like Tony Finau. He would have a beautiful moment at the end of that tournament with his family. I don't like him because. And he's an American. He is, but he, when I. He his episode of Full Swing is terrible. Also, he pushes a lot of this like looks like me nonsense. Like, oh, um, he like he like talks about like Tiger Woods as though like he paved the way. I'm like, you're not black. Like, I know you act like you're black and you wear like the Nikes. Tony Fino's not black. He's like Samoan or some Hawaiian descent. Nah, 
kind of losing me on that one. I, know I just I- don't like people. I don't like people who lean into the skin shit all the fucking time. Like I'm so tired of hearing about someone who looks like me and all this stuff about like I'm brown and America sucks because I'm brown and just like he he leans into that shit. He's a Nike guy and he he's he's all about that. He's Tongan and Samoan. Like you're not black. Stop pretending like you're oppressed as a black man in this country when you're not black. Get out of here with that. You don't think his skin color could have led to any weirdness, awkwardness in Salt Lake City, Utah? Tony Finau grew up, I'm fairly certain, like pretty privileged. Not according to the full swing. Last guy that would bum me out for winning. Sung J.M. Sung J.M. at 100 You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. I thought we were talking. I thought we were having a conversation. He, he's not winning this tournament. I'm fading. Like, yeah, you're right. That would that would be so horrible. But he ain't winning shit. <laughs> Fair enough. Great on par fives. All right. Um, I mean, I, I no. I want to keep talking about Tony Fino and this whole thing about like, oh, he's you know, he's a trailblazer. <laughs> I've never been to freaking Salt Lake City. I don't know. It gets a bad rap, but it's a bunch of Mormons, and the Mormons are like the nicest people on the planet. They just bang a lot of people, but they, they're nice people. I doubt that it was that bad for him. I do. Sorry. I don't mind him leaning in. It's not like he hides the fact that he's Samoan. Like He's proud of that, I think, and he is darker skinned. I think he kind of tries to make it seem like he's... like. Look at this. I just pulled up an Isn't article Tiger about Tony Finau. But he's black. He's half black. He's 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 also Korean, right? We're not gonna have it like he is. Oh, okay. He does have an African American parent, at least. Okay. Who's got a darker hex? The first article. The first article I pulled up. I saw this kid who was the same color as me. Finau said, "Like, get the hell out of here. Just, just go play golf." If you're Tony Finau and you're that fucking good at golf, you can go play golf. This whole thing of like, oh, I needed to see a brown person or I wouldn't have been able to play. This is America, baby. Like, there's always a first for everything. And this whole idea that you were you couldn't do something because someone didn't look like you. Like, we have an example of someone who looks like everyone. And by the way, who the hell looks like you? No one looks like me. I look like me. I don't look at another white guy. I don't look at you and go, Jeff looks just like me. Like, we're the same. Like, no, we're not. We're different human beings. We have different features. We come from at, different places. I look at you like I'm I'm better looking than you, actually. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> says says the 38-year-old single guy. Um, 36. Sorry. You look older. <laughs> Good one. I'm just saying I'm but not like, I'm not single because of my looks or my age. It's because I'm weird. Let's be clear. I'm sorry. I just, and I want to be clear about my point. Like, I just hate the people who just, con- like, I didn't realize Fina was such big into this whole, like, I'm brown thing. And I, I just, I wish people would just knock it off. Like, I don't, be good at golf and just leave the skin color out of it, man. Like, I'm just tired of it. I've had enough. All right. What's his head-to-head matchup? I might, <laughs> do you want to go? How, how, yeah. how strong do you feel about Hammering this? Hammering it. Hammer it. Unless uh, it's like, oh, it's Minwoo Lee. I don't want Minwoo Lee. Get out of here with that nonsense. Pussy. Come on. I don't, want, I don't like Minwoo Lee at all. 
All right. All right. Let's well, see. Oh! <laughs> he's, you're not going to take it, but uh, his matchup on the app that shall not be named, and it is even like they're they're, they're the same odds, is Wyndham Clark. I'm not going to take that. I knew you would never touch that. No. I would because if you offer that, bro, we'll double, we'll triple the bet. I'll I'll put a 200 spot on that. Right you give now. me 55 to 50. I bet. I'm right? not a dumb. I'm not a dumb person. I mean, you, we both. Would, I would give you fifty-five to fifty if you want to take Fee now. If you think it's a dumb bet to lay, if you would, t- if that would make you take the bet, right. if that's the only way you're going to book it. I would take it. Of yes. course you would. Yeah, I would too. If, I think Clark has a much better chance of winning this than Fee now. So, oh, you're so you're not going to book it. Okay. No, 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 no. All right. Well, that's the open uh, preview. Maybe we'll be back next week for the 3M Open, I think, is the next tournament. Although, if I brick this tournament, I could go MIA for a few weeks up until football season. Um, so, But starting in August, me and Dan Z will be breaking down two divisions in the NFL leading up to the NFL season. So that stuff's forthcoming. Not sure what the golf podcasts are going to look like, but hopefully we helped – I don't know, make you make you sharper for the open championship or at least just give you some Dude, interesting you gave out you gave out seven players to avoid. It was great. The viewers are gonna love it. <laughs> yeah, seven guys <laughs> whose whose matchups you should bet bet them against. All right. Best of luck to you guys this week. Peace. Peace.